Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise, here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and we are here to have a healthy conversation on Hope in Christ with Denise podcast. Today, I have um, two amazing young ladies here with me to have this chat. I'm going to first begin with them introducing themselves after I give my opening, and then we're going to jump into how to remain hopeful or how to keep our hope in Christ in this pandemic. So that's our topic for today. So again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. And so those of you that don't know me, I am Minister Denise, Pastor Denise Walker, and Um, I am the founder of Hope in Christ, and we know that at Hope in Christ, we are healthy, overcomers, purposed, and we maintain an eternal perspective in Christ Jesus. And so without further ado, I'm going to begin with um, my first guest on the podcast, um, Pamela, and Pamela's going to tell us who she is and tell us a little bit about herself. Hello, everyone. I am Minister Pamela Johnson. I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I am under the ministry of Kingdom Family Worship Center. My pastors are Bishop and Pastor Henderson. And um, I became familiar with Hope in Christ Ministries in meeting Pastor Denise or Minister Denise Walker through the Christian Book Lovers Retreat. Um, We met in 2018, I believe, and I've been blessed to be a guest blogger with her platform, and I appreciate that, and um, just all glory to God for that opportunity and for this opportunity as well, and I look forward to the discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. And now we're going to have our guest, Tyra, introduce herself to the audience. Well, hello, hello, hello. And I'm excited to be here. I thank you, um, Denise, for um, inviting me to come out here and have this discussion with you about hope. And um, as she said, my name is Tyra, and I am an author, a counselor, a teacher, and also a creator, and um, I write poems and books, and I have known these, um, I probably say about two years on Facebook, and um, and I'm also, um, you know, a life coach, and I do um, love the Lord, and I love reading his word, and I most definitely love Bible studies. I have always loved Bible studies when I was young, uh, especially Sunday school, because um, I just love interacting with people. And um, I'm also a CEO and founder of Issues of Life, which is a nonprofit organization. And um, our mission is to empower 
and educate and equip others about therapy and mental health and also how to tackle um, the issues of life. And, um, I, you know, I have 10 years experience of being a school counselor and now I pretty much just work for the Lord now. Um, I'm not in the school district anymore, so um, that's a new journey that the Lord got me on at this time. But I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to what God is doing in my life at this moment. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for sharing um, about yourselves. And so what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into our conversation. Um, Our first question that we're going to talk about on the um, podcast today is how has the pandemic impacted our personal families as a whole? So we're going to talk about that first. And um, I can answer first, and then I'm going to have Tyra answer, and then Pamela will answer. So again, the question is, for those that are listening, is how has the pandemic impacted our families as a whole? And I guess I can say for myself, my family has been impacted because, um, you know, there's, especially for my son, where we have to pray, we've had to pray against fear because um, there's times right now where he doesn't want to go outside. And so that's a that's an issue where we're trying to get him to understand to walk by faith and um, trust God. And so that's the one immediate thing is the fact that my son has, it has built up some fears in him about going outside. And um, also I would say just being inside for so long and not being able to see Um, My mom, who lives down in Florida, and my other family members, where we haven't really been traveling as much and um, interacting even with friends and family members um, has been difficult. And I just think about even my friend who came over the other day, we're like standing feet feet apart and then we have our mask on and we're looking at each other. We want to hug each other, but it's like, okay, we're going to have to hug each other later. So that's been um, very difficult because I'm that kind of person where um, even though I'm kind of shy, but I do, I'm a hugger, I'm a, even as an author, it has been difficult because I want to do book signings because I want to meet people and I want to talk to people, but I know that those things we can't do right now. So that's would be my answer. So we're going to have Tyra answer. Well. Well, I would say that the pandemic had um, pretty much just shook us out of our um, comfort zone and um, we had to learn how to adapt to the kids being at home and for virtual learning. And that was not an easy task for my husband and I, (laughs) you know, becoming... um, part-time t-shirt I mean it's, it's because that, I mean we were not never full-time t-shirt I'm sorry uh because you know it was just moments where it, it just got frustrated but um for the most part um the the t-shirts were very supportive so that that really helped us out and um when we had to be at the house and couldn't go out and stuff like that and wear your mask and it's like you had to teach your own kids on how to have a new way of living. (laughs) So that was something new. Um, But at the same time, 
it also taught us about uh, being close and uh, making sure that we check in with one another and uh, making sure that we um, talk to one another about what was going on with us internally because, um, you know, I'm an introvert. It doesn't bother me to be in the house. Um, but, you know, my daughter, my daughter in high school, she's an introvert, so I had to keep making sure that I check in with her social and emotional um, side of her. And, but uh, in all in all, I have to say that it, it was by the grace of God that we made it, that we are still making. I got to say making. We're, we're making it through it because we're still in a pandemic. But um, we thank God that we do have the Lord in our lives because, it, you know, just having him in our lives already, it's sort of like it wasn't like an ambush because sometimes situations will happen to us and we feel like we under attack or we feel like we in an ambush that we've been ambushed or something. But um, this situation, it, it didn't feel like that. It just felt like something you just had to adapt to, and uh, and, I, and I really do believe that it was. It felt like that because we already had Christ in our lives. So I thank God for that. Um, but for most, but for most people, um, it was very hard, and we do have to acknowledge that um, some people are having a hard, they have, they probably still are having a hard time <laughs> because, you know, here we are finna go into the holidays and it can be very tough, especially for those um, who have people that died, you know, loved ones that died and stuff like that. But, um, but I have to say for the most part, we just had to learn how to adapt. And uh, when we got on each other nerves, I say, look, you go in your corner, I go over here in mine. Don't come over here. Don't talk to me. Don't say nothing. Believe me, we can take a little special time out, and then we come back together. We'll be all cool and calm. <laughs> Thank you, Tyra, for sharing. Um, Pamela, the same question is, how has the pandemic impacted your personal family? Well, just like um, Tyra said, we had to learn how to adapt to the conditions um, that we are living in right now. Um, I don't have any young children in school and I tell all the parents that I know, I consider it a blessing and I, I just support them, but I am just um, grateful that it's not me. I like structure and um, I've always been a supportive parent as far as education and things go. So I, it's not that I don't think I could do it, but I'm just glad I didn't have to be concerned about that. However, I do have a son that is in college. He had gone to um, the university um, away in August and he came home in um, January and we were already looking at just making a transition for him to community college, which is about a couple of miles from my house. And we did that for a couple of reasons. One of them was financial. So he had already enrolled in the local community college and was there by the time some of his um, uh, other friends at school had to make those decisions with their parents. I really could not see 
even letting him go to school online at a university that was charging me double plus what I would pay for him to go and take classes online here at home through the local community college. So that was one thing that we decided to do even beforehand. And I just um, grateful that he had that option at the time before the onslaught, before the you know shutdown um, that had already been put in place. I um, have another young adult son who lives here with me who was affected um, directly through his employment, but he was blessed to receive unemployment right away and to get approved for the CARES extra payment right away. So all of that has been a blessing to us. We have not, as people say, we have not lacked for anything. We have not lost any income. Um, I'm a federal government employee and I was commuting from Fredericksburg to Washington, D.C. is roughly um, 50 miles. However, with the commuter traffic, it usually takes me almost two hours to get to work and to get home on a commuter bus. Um, I was already a telework employee for two days a week. So what my agency did was send all of us home to work maximum so I'm here every day since March. I have to go into my agency. We're allowed to go in once a week. We can only stay in the building for two hours. So we go in to pick up mail or faxes or anything like that. And then we come back out of the building to our various um, homes. So here in the, it's called the DMV for those who are familiar with the East Coast, DC, Maryland and Virginia area there are lots of commuters. So one of the concerns I have with even returning to work is um, just the travel in general. I, I got to work on a commuter bus, which is about, holds about 50 or so people. I don't see how that's going to work. Even if you try to transition us back in small increments, mass transit, like in any major city, I don't see how that's quite going to what that's going to look like, but I'm not worried about it right now because I can do my job effectively here at home and be just fine. What I've had to learn is technology more than I ever had before, and probably like a lot of us, even this platform of Zoom. Um, my immediate family, I have three sons here. One of them is married. All of them live close by. My dad is actually living here um, probably a couple miles from me. And he still is in his home. He turned 81 in August. He comes to my house or I go to his house, or we go to my oldest son's house, but we don't go all over the place. Um, we'll do, you know, take care of our necessities in, in that much. But even my church is now open, but it's open because we're having service in the gymnasium so that we can spread out. And not all of our membership comes. We still are broadcasting on Facebook Live as well. So those type of things are what we've had to um, adapt to. I will say my extended family, I have an aunt in Charlotte. She's like our family historian. She arranged for us to have a family Zoom meeting every Sunday at 3 o'clock. And we are on that meeting probably 10 or 15 of us every week. And I think that we have been, um, have a better bond or have grown closer over these last few months.
because of that. And we discuss current events or we discuss things that are going on with us. Everybody checks in. We have family Louisiana, so we needed to know how are you doing down there with all of these storms and things? And how are you doing out there in San Diego with what's going on out there? So it's really brought my family closer together. Thank you for sharing, um, Pamela. And I don't know why I forgot that um, the other impact for me has been I had to transition to teaching online. Um, I don't know how I forgot that because that is the most stressful thing right now for me. Um, I love my students. I actually want to, um, you know, be in front of my students because I'm used to that. But um, it's the other things where we are, it's almost like they're forgetting that we're online and we're not in the building. And so they're um, treating it like it's still brick and mortar when it's very difficult to do certain things online. And so that's been difficult for for us, um, it's been a joy to, you know, meet the new students that I have. And um, sometimes we find ourselves just laughing and everything, but I can see the stress on their faces. I can see that they want to go outside. I remember one of my students saying, I just want to go get some ice cream. Um, and so, and they said they can't do that because, you know, their parents won't allow them to go or sometimes I think it's, it's good to just put them in a the car and drive them around because they're in the house so long. So um, that's been difficult. And also as, an, as a teacher, we usually do what's called small groups. And so we still have to do small groups online. And so it's very difficult when they give you one device and they want you to use your other devices to do breakout rooms and um, we use Microsoft Teams. And um, it's hard because you have to listen to three different groups of kids at the same time. And um, one, group of ki one group may be doing an independent assignment, but you're listening to the other ones. And so it's not easy for those that are listening for, you know, as teachers, it's very difficult. But again, we're loving the, um, that the kid, we can at least see the kids, but then there's another situation online where sometimes we just want the kids to turn their cameras off because there's so much going on in the background that um, on a very serious note that we are mandated reporters. And so if we see something, we have to report it. And so that's been another difficult situation with teaching online because we are in their homes and we are, you know, seeing things that um, maybe the parents don't want us to see. So, um, so that's been difficult for us as well. And so our next question um, for the panel that the question is, what does hope mean to you? And so that's going to be our second question. What does hope mean to you? So I'm going to start with answering that question. And then I'm going to ask Pamela to answer that question. So um, when I think of the word hope, and, um, and it's funny that God gave me this topic because the ministry is called Hope in Christ. And so um, when I think about hope, I, that's all I can think about is Christ. Um, all I can think about is there's so much, especially in the world we're in right now, where we see ourselves right now, there's no, if you really don't have Christ, you don't have hope. You, you look around you and you see so many people, they feel like even with the, um, the 
the election right now, people are losing so much hope because um, they don't see hope in what we see hope in, which is in Christ, but they're hoping in, wait a minute, if this is, you know, the president or this is the president, but we know that Christ is ultimately overall. And so um, when I think about hope, I just think about Jesus. And I think about the fact that without him, I would probably be somewhere crazy. I, I just know I would be somewhere in a corner crazy because he brought hope to me and um, and I accepted that hope. So that's what hope means to me. I'm going to allow Pamela to answer that question. Um, along those same lines of biblical uh, meaning, just to have hope means that I look back and look at what God has done for me. And I think that if he did it before, then he can and will do it again. Maybe not in my time or the way that I want it to happen, but God is faithful. So if we serve a faithful God and we do, then we have to um, have hope or we do have that hope. Um, we can just, we can say things like the ministry, my hope is in Christ or on Christ, you know, that's where my hope stands for. I, if I don't hope in him, I don't have anything. It's like you said, um, because when you look at the world, you wonder how do people keep going? And maybe that's the reason some of them don't keep going is because they don't have any hope and their hope is not in Christ. Because if you put your hope in man, you are surely going to be disappointed <laughs> more often than not. So I look at hope as the expectation. I know God has been faithful before, and I know that he's going to be faithful again. Amen. Amen. Um, Tyra, the same question. How, um, what does hope mean to you? Um, that was good with y'all was saying about, um, you know, Denise was saying about hope being in Christ. And, and Pamela as well talking about um, just basically confident. I just wanted to say that, that pretty much was what I was going to say about, comp um, about having confidence and not only that, but um, an expectation. Um, it's like you really anticipating something to happen the way that you know is going to happen because of Jesus Christ. You know that it's going to happen because of Jesus Christ. Now, if, if Jesus hadn't been here, then I probably wouldn't have that much confidence. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, I mean, if I didn't know the Lord, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't know what confidence was because, you know, he was pretty much the first person who I have ever put my confidence in because man was disappointing me a lot when I was younger. So, um, that was something that I just never did. I just never put my trust, my hope, or confidence in man. And that even included my family. So I would, uh, I, I learned as a child to depend on the Lord. So I learned very early what hope was through, through God. But when I, um, you know, became a Christian and gave my life to Christ, I was like, oh, okay, so this is deeper than what I had with you guys. Um, I can, you know, I can do a lot more than what I was doing because I thought I was doing something when I, you know, when I um, had my relationship with God. But when I thought 
the real purpose of Jesus Christ, oh, it was like a life changer, <laughs> you know, because you just, you, you anchor in him. You anchor in him, and there's nothing that can shake you. There's nothing that could just make you move because you're standing in something that is so firm and so strong that even if somebody came to say something to me, you couldn't tell me anything different. I'm sorry, because I have the experience. I have I have had the encounter. You know what I'm saying? I have had the education behind it by, you know, reading the word for myself. So it it just, you know, a confident expectation that whatever that I know is going to happen is because of Jesus Christ. And I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Um, I love both answers because um, that's so important. And so that leads me to our next question, which is how do you believe people are losing hope? How do you believe people are losing hope? And um, Tyra, I can um, let you start with that question. How um, do I believe that people are losing hope? They are allowing um, their circumstances um, to override or, I guess, um, outweigh um, what is something that they probably do know or probably don't know because I really don't know the heart of man. Only God knows that. But if, if, there are, if, if I was talking to somebody who was in a uh, position of losing their hope, the most, uh, as a counselor, especially me, um, what I do is I take them down memory lane. I say, okay, when was the last time that God had, what was that position feel like? Um, what were you going through at that time? And when he did do that for you, how did you feel? So it's like you go back and uh, remember uh, what you went through at that particular time, and also how bad you were feeling, and how the, and how you felt after God had done something for you, it makes such a difference in your present moment. You because you're like, okay, Lord, you 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 did that for me. Yeah, and it was rough too, and it was hard too. You know, it was hard then. So what make it different now? <laughs> you know, it's still a tribulation. It's still an it's still an um an affliction, but it but the difference may be is that it's harder. And if something is harder and something is um such a struggle now, so then lifetime it could be that your mindset is stuck on the circumstance because um I like how Steve Harvey said. Um, gratitude and and something else that can't exist together. Depression, depression and gratitude can exist together. So if you start thanking the Lord, depression has to flee. So I mean, you thanking the Lord now, you're praising Him. So it's the same way with circumstances that goes on in your life. If something is going on in your life and you're losing hope then you'll have to do the opposite of it. You'll have to um, get your mind off of what's in front of you. And when you get your mind off of that, then you're going to start focusing on something else because you can only focus on one thing at a time. 
Now, I know how us women can be that we multitask. <laughs> we love to do things uh, many times, you know, many things at one time. But the one thing about your brain, you can only feed one thing. You can only focus on one thing at a time. So um, when circumstances get so hard, think about something else. Think about what God had done for you already. And um, think about how you felt at that time and what um, what uh, took place at that time, where you were, all that. It, I mean, it, it makes a difference in your life. Even David talked about, remember the former things, because it will help you in your present time. And I just believe that people are losing hope because they are not, well, you know, it's true that they are not in Christ like they should. It may be, um, because I really don't know the relationship that people have with Christ. But one thing about it, though, circumstances will bring you closer to Christ. Um, you know, your tribulation can make you get closer to Christ. But if that is the case, then embrace it. Embrace your tribulation. Go ahead and uh, rejoice in it, because it is going to bring you closer to Christ. And, and as the closer you get to him, the higher your hope will be. You know, your expectations will be higher because you, you're you um, learning and you're growing and, you, you know, persevering, bring on um, hope, you know, and patience and all that good stuff <laughs> that we don't want to go through. But um, at the end of the day, uh, you're, you're a better person. You're a mature uh, Christian. Uh, you love more. You care about people more. I mean... It's reasons why we go through our tribulation. It's reasons why we cry. You know, it's okay. It's okay to um, even get in a, in, into despair. I mean, even David was in despair, um, you know, but at the same time, he had to remember. He had to remember. That's one thing about um, Satan. He don't want you to remember. <laughs> he don't want you to uh, go back down memory lane and think about those things that God, that, uh, God had done. Think about the things that Jesus Christ has done in your life. Because he knows you're going to get happy. <laughs> you gonna, I mean, I know I do. I get happy every time I think about the things that the Lord has done in my life. And think about the um, things that, uh, the, especially the transformation that happened in my life because of Jesus Christ. So, um, I mean, that's just what I believe that uh, the, the reason why some people may be losing their hope. Thank you for sharing, um, Tyra. And Pamela, the same question is, how do you believe um, people are losing hope in this time? I'm not sure how they are, but I, I look at how it manifests. So it shows up that people are losing their hope it shows up in different ways. And one of the things that I think about that I've observed most recently here in this small community that I live, um, we've had at least three murder suicides in the last couple of weeks. One of them was an 80 year old man in the local hospital. His wife was a patient and he came to visit her, I suppose. But the man killed the wife and then turned the gun on himself in the hospital room. There is another couple that was in the county over from mine 
maybe in their 50s. The backstory is that the wife was asking her husband for a divorce and she served the papers and he in turn murdered her and then killed himself. And that is what just, it hurts my heart when I hear things like that because those are the people to me who show up as having given up hope. The, mostly the, the, um, the person who committed the murder, but for them to get to that point where you had to kill someone that you claim to profess that you love this person at some point, if you had love for me, then how is it that you can just take my life? Um, and suicide is another issue, but you just, to me, that is the ultimate thing is when you have decided that there is nothing left for you to live for and that you're gonna take this other person with you. That is just the thing that hurts my heart. I, uh, one of my favorite scriptures is the scripture in Lamentations that speaks to because of the Lord's mercy, um, we have brand new mercies every day. Um, just the fact that if you can wake up tomorrow, that tomorrow is a new day, but you got to push through today to get to the other side. That if you don't give up in the middle of it, just live for one more day, just one day at a time. If we can just look at it like that. And it's not just the world. There are pastors that we hear about who have committed suicide or taken their own lives. There are people in every walk of life and every um, part of society from young children to older, like I said, the 80-some-year-old man. And to me, that's the ultimate thing. That's how I know that people are losing hope because they are taking themselves out of here and taking their families out of here with them. And that part right there is the part that I just pray most about is that just let people just live another day and and you know don't give up so the hope that you have nothing left if you take yourself out there is nothing left there's no coming back you can't take that bullet back you you can't bring those babies back none of that so um that's how i know or that's how it shows up to me um most significantly that people are losing hope. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and I think about, uh, like as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, what Tyra said about being anchored in the Lord. And so when we're anchored in the Lord, even in that moment of despair, we can hear him speaking. We can um, hold on to his, you know, like the woman with the issue of blood is just, she, if she could just get to the, the hem of his garment. Um, I think about that and, and I, and I believe that too being that's manifesting because I think about, um, all of the deaths, around us with from COVID-19 there have been so many so many people dying and I think about that because I think about when my dad passed how if I wasn't anchored in Christ I I had lost some hope and I was um in despair I felt like I was in despair and I felt like I couldn't go on and it was the Lord that spoke to me 
And um, the Lord began to speak and speak comforting words and, and tell me that he was with me always, even until the end. And so, and it is so vitally important that we um, be anchored, be anchored in because we put our hope in the people. And sometimes we, if somebody lost their job, they feel like, man, what am I going to do now? Instead of remembering that Jesus said, take no thought of what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, because um, he already knows it. And so sometimes we put our eyes, we set our eyes on those things and, and we take our eyes off of Christ. And I know sometimes even we know, I've seen where for teachers, it has gotten harder for us. And, and, and I remember sharing with one of the teachers, I said, when it gets to a place where it becomes like a spirit of Pharaoh, then you have to, we have to say our hope is in Christ. We have to remember that this is, this is not it. If, if we say we walk away from it, God is going to give us something else. And so we have to um, fix our eyes on Christ. So um, I, I just thought about that when you were, when you were speaking about the people um, with the suicide and I also think about kids having been, me having been somebody who went through some things when I was growing up. I think about the kids are in the houses with these, you know, people that are abusers and, and things like that. And so praying for God to just intervene and that they don't lose hope, that our kids don't lose hope in this pandemic. So um, thank you for sharing that. All right, so our next part is we're going to, um, first we're going to pick our first, our scripture, the scripture that comes to mind when we think about how important it is to cling to hope. So um, the question again is what scripture comes to mind when you think about how important it is to cling to hope? And I, the first scripture that popped in my head when I was writing this question is the scripture from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And that scripture was when Jesus said, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to observe all things who, who, I'm sorry, whatever I have commanded of you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And so when this, when this scripture came to my mind, I thought about, um, you know, clinging to hope in Christ because Christ wasn't moved. He knew that things were going to come in their midst, even as they walked after he uh, ascended into heaven. But he said, go therefore and teach all nations. He told them to keep going keep telling them about me because he knew that in him that the hope that he was the hope and he is the hope. And so he knew that. And so he began to tell them he wasn't moved because he, um, he is God. And so he wasn't moved by the circumstances and he's not moved by our circumstances. He knows that they're going to come, but he wants us to anchor ourselves and um, put our hope in him. And so that's the scripture that came to mind um, first for me. And so Tyra, um, tell us what scripture comes to mind when you think about um, how important it is to cling to hope. The uh, scripture that comes to my mind, you know, it, it was a scripture that I had learned when I was younger, but it, 
it just that it stuck with me and I can't seem to you know get rid of it because it brought me through a lot of things but um it's Roman uh five five and of course I love the King John version um hope and hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And um, New King James said, now hope. Now King James said, in hope, but um, New King James said, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given unto us. And so, um, you know, I have there's you know a lot of things I've been through when I was younger, and when I came across the scripture, there was you know I knew that hope was um, something that I had to have. It was it was like okay, I got so much disappointment in my life. So what am I going to do? Because I'm not going to walk around here and kill myself. I'm not going to do that. That's just something that I just never desired to do, even though the thoughts did come in my mind. But, um, you know, there were moments that you do get sad, and I did get sad, and I didn't know what to do. But I would always put my hope in God and my hope in, because like I said, when I was younger, um, I was taught about God. They didn't, you know, I wasn't in a church to talk about the talk about Jesus Christ. So I didn't know anything about Jesus himself, but he died on the cross <laughs> uh, because I was growing up in a Baptist church. So I spent a lot of my childhood and my teenage years talking to God. So I will always find myself putting my hope in God. And no matter what people were saying, no matter what my family members were saying, I would go against what they were saying because my hope was in him. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm not going to walk around here in fear. I'm not going to walk around here worrying about stuff. You know, I didn't care because I had my hope in him. And the reason why was because of the scripture, because it says that I would not be ashamed. I would not be shamed by anything just because I, my hope is in him. I didn't care what people said. I didn't care what, you know, they would say, well, something may happen to you. Okay, then. <laughs> you know, I was, and people look at me like I was being nonchalant, but I wasn't. It was just that I was hoping in the Lord because I had been through so much that God had brought me out of because um, I had my hope in him, I believe him that much. And so, and I knew that I wouldn't be disappointed. That was just, but see, I didn't even know that that was called faith until I read about, until I learned about faith as well. But I do know that faith and hope is two different things. But, you know, this scripture let me know that I couldn't be disappointed by God because <laughs> the love of God was in my heart. And and of course the Holy Spirit, um, it, you know, when you say that you have, uh, especially when they talk about being baptized by the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, um, they talk about the Triune God. And you know, now that I understand it now, of course, but back then I really didn't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. But I do know that the Holy Spirit is always with us because of God. Um, 
So you being a spiritual person, even if you was in despair, just like Denise was saying, you still hear that small voice. You still hear God speaking to you, even when you're sad. But the thing that we do is we quench it. We sit there and ignore it. We sit there and say, mm-mm. I, you know, we make it, we the ones who make a decision to turn our backs. So we quench the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is there to lead and guide us and bring our thing to our remembrance. But, it, it, you know, we have to accept and we have to receive the Holy Spirit and we have to listen to the Holy Spirit because no matter how old we may get, we all are going to um, go through life and go through tribulations, and go through affliction, and go through despair. I mean, you can be 100 years old, you're still going to go through something, because that's life. But even in that, you can still have abundant life, because of Jesus Christ. And um, But when the Holy Spirit is there to um, guide you and lead you, we have to pay attention. We have to. <laughs> we have to, because... Um, if you don't, you can get a whole lot of trouble, and I do know about that because I have quenched the Holy Spirit many times. <laughs> but um, I I did suffer the consequence for it too. But um, but hope will not make you ashamed. It will not disappoint you. And every single time I will um, bring up about how God was going to do this, how God was going to do that, and He did it every single time. And I tell you. People be like, oh, you sure have a lot of faith, don't you? I say, yes, because my hope will not make me ashamed. My hope will not disappoint me because I know who my hope is in. <laughs> so uh, that's why I just love that scripture, and it's still my favorite when I hear about hope. Amen. Um, Pamela, the same question. Um, what scripture comes to mind? Um when you think about how important it is to cling to hope? Well, first of all, I looked at, I thought about a person and then I went to find the scripture. So the person that I thought of in reference to the Bible was Job, because I thought that if anybody had hope, it would have to be Job. So in Job thirteen fifteen, the scripture says, even if he kills me, I will hope in him. I will still defend my ways before him. And I'm reading from the Tony Evans study Bible. And there's a short passage that I just want to read. And it says, other than Jesus himself, Job is the classic biblical example of someone who endured the devil's assaults and yet remained faithful to God. Satan took everything Job had, but Job refused to curse God or abandon his faith. This is the kind of resolute faith that we need, a faith that perseveres. I believe Tyra said that, talked about perseverance. The only way to lay claim to such a faith is to take advantage of what God provides. And then it goes on to reference putting on the whole armor of God. But um, like I said, if, if anybody was to cling to some hope or be a, the ultimate example, it would be Job. Um, just for what he went through, what we know, the account of his life and how things unfolded for him, and the fact that people laughed at him and his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? And he, he did not do that. He remained steadfast in his faith, 
and you know also just had that hope or that expectation that God would do this for him God would bring him out of this situation because I don't think you can have a strong faith if you don't have strong hope because those two things basically go together but um job held out and many people today we can't lose anything and, and we just lose all hope if we lose something small you get your car repossessed or or you lose your job like you said during this pandemic time and people just give up but we have to as um people of faith as christians we have to set the example and try to let the world see that if we can hold on to our faith or hold on to our hope, then we're someone who's gonna, um, you know, let the world see that you don't have to give up. That if you will just keep your faith, God will provide. He said he would. And, and like Tyra said earlier, if you think back and you look back over your life, the song goes, I got a testimony. Well, if you th went through a test and you had a testimony, then just look at it, this as another test. And, and get through it. People talk about breakthrough and, you know, miracles, signs and wonders, but you gotta hold on, you gotta do something too. If you don't hold on to your faith, you gotta give God something to work with, is what I say to people. You can't just um, go around and just, you know, bury your head in the sand and, and don't have any, um, don't apply your faith, you know. So the teacher is working and you're not doing anything. So how are you going to pass the test if you don't do anything? So I look to Job as my example of clinging to hope. Wow, Job would be that um, that example because every time I read Job, I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Um, he did. He kept that hope in the Lord regardless. After he lost everything, and like you're right, we would crumble if um, we were Job. Um, and so um, this has been an awesome discussion for those that are um, tuning in and, and listening. This has really been an awesome discussion on how we keep our hope or cling to hope in this time, because yes, we are still in a pandemic and, um, and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. So we have to cling and, and hold on to the only hope there is. And so we're going to um, talk about one other scripture and then um, each of us are going to give you some advice um, just to kind of remember as you continue on in these months um, and, and most of all, putting your trust in the Lord. And so one other scripture that came to mind when I thought about clinging to hope is Psalm 43 and 5. And it's the King James Version that I pulled. And it says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Who is the health of my countenance? And my God. So it's saying, um, why it, the, the person is asking themselves, why are you cast down? Um, why are you disquieted within me? Because there is hope. There's hope in, in the Lord. It would be different if there was no hope, but there is hope. 
And, um, and so we have to praise. I, I remember Tyra saying that when you start praising, you can't, you can't be in despair at the same time. So the, um, the writer of Psalm 43 and 5 says, um, I shall yet praise him. That means continue to praise him. Um, who is the health of my countenance. And um, ladies, I don't know if anybody wants to add to that about Psalms, Psalms 43 and 5. I was just going to say that um, I like how um, David talked to himself. A lot of people, um, you know, some people, do talk to themselves. I know I'm one of them. I do talk to myself. And, um, you know, usually when I'm doing it, my child be looking at me like, Mama, who you talking to? I'm talking to myself. Because it, it's good to talk to yourself because you do have to um, remind yourself. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Uh, sometimes you have to even make yourself get in line. And so, in this scripture, uh, you know, I love that. And, you know, Book of Psalms has always been my book, too, uh, when I was younger. Uh, he, you know, he asked himself a question, you know, why are you so down and why are you so quiet? You, you know, you're not used to this. David always had a praise. David was always praising the Lord because that was who he was. He was a person that praised God. And, and you know, when you find yourself acting different than the way that you used to be, that's when you need to start talking to yourself. Like, what's going on with you? Because sometimes we don't want to check in with ourselves. And, you know, um, and I feel like it's necessary that you do because you have to, like, remind yourself. You are a person. And before you expect somebody else to encourage you, at least encourage yourself. At least ask yourself the question first. You know, in, in, instead of trying to put the accountability on someone else, put the accountability on yourself. And say, look, you um, are going to get praise him. You know, they would say, you're going you're gonna to do this, <laughs> whether you like to do it or not, whether you feel like doing it. You know, you are going to do this because I know that um, what God has done for me. I know what he can do. I know that he's able. Because some of us know these scriptures. We know the scripture of the Bible. And you can just start quoting them out. Um, that the Lord will exceedingly abundantly do more than I could ever ask or think. You just start speaking them out. And then as you're doing the, you know, your hope will just rise up. It'll just rise up on its own because you, you're, you're, um, you know, first you talk to yourself, and then number two, you tell yourself what you're going to do, and then you bring up the thing that God has done for you and that you know that he's going to do because of what, he, what is written in his word. And then he says that I shall um, yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So why am I going to do this? Because of him. I'm doing it because of God. Why, who else am I going to do it for? It sure ain't going to be for me. It's going to be for God because God has done this stuff for me before. Come on, man. Why, why would I want to disappoint my Lord knowing that he has been so good to me? And so it, it's like you have to get into that position where you are um, 
reevaluating, you know, re-examining yourself and just pumping yourself up, you know, and there'll be times where you really, really gonna need some help. And during those times, that's when you call your prayer partner. That's when you call, you know, the person who you know, that you know that you know is gonna bring you out of this little um this little funk that you're in, you know, this little space of despair that you're in because, you know, you, you're probably in a position where, it's, you know, everything that you have tried is not working. And sometimes it does happen like that. And, you know, it has happened to me. But when I got to those, to, in those type of mind frames, you know, because it is a mindset, I had to call somebody. I had to you know, ask my husband to pray for me. I had to lean on someone that I know is going to be there for me and help me get out of this mind space that I'm in. And, and when that happened, oh, two, you all know what the scriptures say, when two or three gather together, my God, Jesus is in the midst. So it's good sometimes to have two or three, you know, to come and pray, pray with you. Um, but first and, uh, first and foremost, you need to be uh, talking to yourself. You need to be telling self what it is going to do. Because this body, it is, you know, sometimes it does do what it want to do. But you're still in control of it, though. You still make a decision behind what your body is doing. So you have to tell your body what you're going to do. If I say you're going to rise up with uh, with praise on your lip, then that's exactly what my body gonna end up doing. My mouth is gonna have a praise because I am telling my body what it's gonna do. You know, but a lot of people don't know that they can just talk to themselves. Even Paul said it. I had to put my body in suggestion. I had to die to myself. That means he had to tell his body what it's gonna do. Um, but there are times that you really do need some help. <laughs> It's okay to get some help too, y'all. That's what help is for. That's what your prayer partner is for. You know, that's what your husband is for. If he's a praying warrior, why would you not use your resources and tools that's around you? We are surrounded by those cloud of witnesses for a reason. So why not use them? Um, you know, when you get into those uh, that mind space of despair, because it does happen. But when it does, you're going to need your sidekick. I like to call them sidekicks, too. You're going to need them. But first and foremost, you need to do it for yourself. Talk to yourself. Amen. Amen. And Pamela, I didn't know if you wanted to add to that about, um, you know, that scripture from Psalm 43 and 5. What I will say, it reminded me of, as Tyron was saying, um, talking to yourself, how you hear that phrase, don't have a pity party, that you will sit there and just talk yourself into such a negative space. But at some point, you got to get yourself together and come to yourself and remember the, the things that God has done for you in the past. And I think of just bringing your thoughts into submission. And that, um, as she said, too, about just praising, if praise is comely to the upright, then if you upright, you're going to have to somewhere in here get yourself together and, um, you know, just remember and reflect on how 
good God is, what he's done for you. And when you start doing that, like um, we said earlier, when you look back and you think back, you can't help then but praise God. You can't help then but your whole countenance to change. You're going to come out of that negative space and you, you're going to come into another space. You're going to just have to stay there. I think too of the old time church when they said just tarry until you know you get the Holy Ghost. So sometimes you just got to pray and seek God and just sing your song, say your prayer, look for your scripture, meditate. You just got to stay in there until you come out of that thing. Because you you just can't be godly and Christian and be negative and, and mean and hateful and all of that. You're going to have to go back down to the altar, wherever that is, and do what you need to do and let the word work it. Amen. I, I, I think about the older our elders tell, talking about that morning bench. Um, and so it, that's what I thought about when you were talking, because we do, we have to, um, like both you and Tyra have said, we have to talk to ourselves. I have to tell myself, um, especially now with um, virtual teaching, and I have to tell myself almost every day, get your life together. I need me because knowing that my life is in Christ. And so um, I have to talk to myself and I'm like, Tyra, I do that. I say, okay, Denise Walker, you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And I have to tell myself, you know, just have conversations. And, and then I ask God to give me whatever strength I need. And so that's, that's what we have to do. And so I think we have given um, the um, listeners advice already on what they can do to maintain their hope in in Christ. And so uh, we'll end it with um, each one of us telling them how they can connect with you, how they can reach out to you. Um, So everyone knows that you can um, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, sometime on Twitter. I don't use Twitter that much, but I'm also on Twitter and I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can follow Hope in Christ page. You can, um, if you're interested in being part of the Hope in Christ book club, you can do that as well. And also um, reach out to me for being a part of the Hope in Christ blog, because this is about Jesus, you know. Um, and, And that's one of the things the Lord told me is to begin to, just put the word out there for people to begin to um, to write for him and and put because people are inspired by our words and so um, you can reach out to me in that way. So um, Pamela, how can people connect with you? Um, I am actually on Facebook and just building um, other platforms, but my name on Facebook is Pamela Nance Johnson. N-A-N-C-E Johnson. And um, I just think when I hear other people and I'm just getting started, but I don't discount any of it because I just praise God that even at this point, um, I am able to finally, as I say, um, answer several calls or answer the call um, and to go further in ministry. And so I do not despise the small beginning because God does not despise the small beginning. Again, I am Pamela Nance Johnson on Facebook. And God has just been opening doors for me. Even during this pandemic, doors have been opening and I have been working so that I can build um, more avenues of um, 
where people can reach me. And I am just taking advantage. When someone asks me, I say yes. And that has been my charge these last few months. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. And you know, always just let me know. <laughs> you know, um, it's open. Tyra, how can people um, reach out to you? Um, people can um, reach out to me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. Um, Tyra Edwards Rowell is my um, personal pages, but my business page, you can um, reach me at um, Issues of Life, INC. And, you know, like I said earlier, it is a nonprofit organization that helps people um, on how to tackle the issues of life because we're going to always have them. But um, it's, it's a matter of how you cope with it and how you handle it and how you continue to move, uh, move forward in spite of it all. Um, but um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just like Pamela. I'm in a, in a space of, like I said earlier, I'm working for the Lord now. So, <laughs> you know, I just be obedient when he tells me to do something. I just go ahead on and do it. Where it used to be, I'd be fighting him. I'd be like, no, mm -mm. You know, well, really, I ain't fighting, just being disobedient. But um, I thank God for his grace and mercy um, for still allowing me to, um, to be used for his glory because it is a blessing to be able to do, uh, you know, to do those things and also to use your gift um, so that God can get the glory. So I thank God for um, this opportunity. I thank God for being on here. I really enjoyed myself. I enjoyed, the, you know, listening to Pamela and Denise on here. Um, it was awesome. And like always, I love to talk about the Lord. So it was nothing new for me um, because I do get excited, you know, when you're talking about God because he has, you know, he's just been so good to me and he still continues to do that, you know, especially in this pandemic. So, um, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ, the, uh, the it's a good time to get to know him now because, um, he would, he won't fail, he won't fail you. That's all I'm gonna say. He won't disappoint you. Um, he'll always be there for you, never leave you or forsake you. Uh, I mean, it, it's just a blessing to have a relationship with Christ. I know how people love to talk about religion, but I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. Uh, it, it, it's nothing like it. I'm just all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's nothing like it. You know what I mean? It's nothing like having a friendship with your friends. It's nothing like being married to your spouse. That relationship with Christ is something totally out of norm. But I thank God for it because it's a blessing. It really is. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for joining. And uh, thank you for those that are listening. Um, I know that we're going to have some healthy conversations each month because that's the vision that God gave me. And so um, feel free to let me know whenever you want to um, come back, whatever topic. I wait for God to give me the topic and then I'll put it out there um, for the topic that he wants to give me. Um, to begin to talk about, but thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for um, joining me, and um, I'm going to pray out, and then um, just again have a phenomenal, phenomenal day, so I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Father, I thank you, oh God, for this conversation. Thank you, Lord God, for orchestrating 
this time um, with your daughters, oh God. And we pray, oh God, that somebody that is listening, oh God, that they, um, you would touch their hearts, oh God, that they would hear something, oh God, that was spoken, that they would put their hope in you. For we know, oh God, that there is no other hope. We know, oh God, that Without you, we are absolutely nothing. So, Father, we pray for those um, that need to know you, oh God, and they don't even know they need to know you, God. We just thank you, oh God, and we pray, oh God, that you move the stony places of their hearts and that you give them a heart of flesh that you be able to penetrate, God, so that they know, oh God, that eternity lies in you and that everything that they need is in you, Lord. So we pray for them now. We pray them for Pray now and forever, knowing that you are God, and outside of you there is no other. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Have a phenomenal um, day, week, month, and, um, and we pray that you would find your hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord.